2022. I'm Dooner here with Michael Vincent the Dude. Hey, welcome everybody on this beautiful Wednesday. You know, Dooner, do I have to keep watching that high five where I broke my ankle over and over and over? That is a total lie. Your ankle was, you were hobbling on the way over there, Michael. <laughs> I did. Vincent. I know I did. <laughs> this is going to be a great show today. 3PL Summit. Lot, look, there's a lot going on in the world right now. I mean, there was just an earthquake right before we went on air. I just heard oh my it was gosh, 7.4. Yeah. Magnitude earthquake over by Fukushima, and as you guys remember, 11 years ago, there that happened also in Fukushima with a tsunami came through, caused an ecological disaster. We've got that on top of the spinning plates of a supply chain crisis that continues to persist, a war in Ukraine, and the fallout from sanctions from that. Not to mention all our domestic stateside issues with supply chain shortages, inflation, gas. The list goes on and on. It's a tough time to be a, it's a tough time to be in business, but a good time to be a good partner. Yeah, it is a good time to be a good partner. Did you go spinning plates? Uh, I, I feel like I'm <laughs> Did spinning I catch plates. That? <laughs> I do feel like I'm spinning plates. Well, one thing that the government is trying to do to help with this, and I'm not sure if it will or it won't, but yeah. they announced the Freight Logistics Optimization Works Flow, which includes 18 initial participants, including shippers, trucking company, warehouses, logistics companies, and ports. Let me tell you, though, who's involved. And you tell me if you see any problems here. Mm-hmm. Port authorities, Port of Long Beach, Port of Los Angeles, Georgia Ports Authority. Ocean carriers, CMA, CGM, and MSC. Terminal operators, FedEx Marine Terminal, Global Container Terminals. we got importers and exporters, Albertsons, Gemini Shippers, Lando Lakes, Target, and True Value. We have for trucking, just yeah. C.H. Robinson. Mm. For chassis, DCLI, Flexivan, and for logistics and warehousing, FedEx, ProLogis, and UPS. Do you think it's problematic that only C.H. Robinson is representing trucking here? Yeah, I think that's only one of the problems that, yeah. I, that I see in here. And I, I mean, we discussed this before, but I, I think that's one of the problems is you got C.H. Robinson. You need a good asset-based. I would say so. And you need some smaller ones. Most of the companies are little guys, right? And if you're talking about something that's going to help the whole industry, the little guy's got to play. They've got a perspective. Yeah, in its current form, it seems like something that will there'll be meetings to set the agenda for the next meeting, to yeah. set the agenda for the next meeting. There's no rail involved here. There's no air involved here, both. Yeah. Categories we would also like to see. Yeah, I was going to say it's a good thing intermodal and and uh, you know the rail and, and air aren't part of the logistics uh, or your supply chain. Otherwise, you know they might need to be involved. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, our first guest is going to help us get some answers on what's going on and how they can help you be better partners and how three PLs can help you navigate an increasingly challenging year. And it seems like they just ratchet up the difficulty in supply chain mm-hmm. every year since 2020, Michael Vincent. It has yes. not gotten any easier. But he comes to us from, with a very cool perspective. He's a UCLA Berkeley grad. And before he even became the CEO at Parade, he was doing some really cool stuff like wine fermentation tech, image-based coin counting, and even a glove that can infer what you're typing. Now he works in Parade wow. to help shippers gain visibility on the market and all that. Let's bring up Anthony Sutarja up. He's the CEO over at Parade. Anthony, thanks for your time today. Hey, guys. Great to meet you. Well, one of the things that you guys do and you do a great job with is to help brokers reuse carriers and find hidden capacity. But before we start, give a little elevator pitch on what Parade does. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the, the time here. And, uh, you know, Parade was founded on the basis to enable brokers to go digital. And so we've seen a likes of all these new digital freight brokers come to market and we are trying to change the storyline, enabling all these mid-market and SMB freight brokers out there to have best-in-class tech. As uh, freight is going digital, they just lack the best-in-class tools to help them do so. And so how do we help them buy, sell truckload capacity online? And with Parade, we're helping our customers do that, uh, helping them find trucks faster. How do you automate the bookings and how do you use data to grow your business? Yeah, so Anthony, hey, thanks for being on the show today. And uh, when you talk about uh, capacity management, there's different perspectives that are out there, right? You got the shipper, you got the carrier. They want to be managed correctly. They need to manage their own. From an intermediary, from a parade sorry, uh, perspective, define it for us. What is capacity management? Capacity management is how do you find the best trucks for every single one of your loads? And it sounds simple to say, but there's a lot more nuance in how a broker might develop carrier relationships, how they access the load boards, how they store data on their carriers. And there's all these different tools in places where carriers like to do business. And so the core focus of Parade is let's arm the tools for the brokers so that they're able to find the best trucks 
Uh, and in order to do that, we collect all these different signals. We connect to all these different marketplaces and gives them really a single plane of class so that the freight broker is able to, uh, whether the carrier is on DAT, whether the carrier is on some of these new virtual carrier upstarts, making sure that they have access to the carrier to find them and ultimately enable them to book that capacity automatically uh, so that they can save time and really help focus on developing more carrier relationships. So how so? Like, how are you unlocking capacity, right? So they come to you and they're like, oh, you know, I can't get any of my loads booked. I'm having a challenge with these carriers. Where do you fit in that equation? And how do you enhance that ability of the, the broker to do so? Yeah, great question. There's, there's really two schools of thought here. And Parade really gives solutions towards enabling both. And what that means for our customers is one, you know, the one school of thought is let's let's go on to DAT, let's go to the load boards, and let's just find capacity. And you know, the problem of doing the old ways of posting out the load boards is that it takes a lot of time. You're flooded with inbounds. I can't tell you how many brokers I talk to where their phone lines are constantly backlogged with inbound calls from carriers. And so in this new digital world, how do we enable brokers and carriers to communicate digitally? So that means a digital bid. That means a digital book. And so just by being able to triage lots and lots of capacity inquiries instead of over phone, but an email doing that over these digital systems, talking to each other, which is what we enable between Parade and these load boards, uh, it becomes a digital experience. And so that's one school of thought. How do we enable capacity to be acquired just through uh, being able to transition talking with APIs instead of talking over the phone? And the other school of thought is how do I best manage uh, my carrier base in understanding what every single one of my core carriers, what they like to do? And, you know, they might really understand a few key lanes that a trucking company likes to run. They'll store it in the TMS, they'll have a phone call and make sure that, you know, one, let's help them get that data into one central place, not just have it in sticky notes uh, all over the desk, but bring that information to one place. But also we help our customers profile and understand what all their carriers like to do. And we'll constantly collect information about lane preferences and, where they get inspected and where they're searching for freight and build this constantly evolving carrier profile so that the broker can focus on developing the carrier relationship, understanding that which carriers can I truly reuse on maybe a lane that I want to build out with the shipper. And so there's a lot of different ways to manage capacity and it's important for, for our customers and what we believe here at Parade it, to enable every single way that a broker might manage capacity to support it in a way that's digital, that's smarter, and that helps them save time. Yes. So, Anthony, all those things sound sound awesome, and I get the value add that this that this that this brings. As a broker, as an intermediary, as a business, what are some of those things that I need to be looking at in a in a tech partner partner or a potential tech partner to ensure that I that I see all those and beyond and have that flexibility to improve upon all those value adds. First one that calls out to me is ROI. Can the tech partner prove that they are indeed going to deliver these results? And you know, I think this industry there's a lot of um, there's a lot of ambition and a lot of folks trying to change the industry. We're trying to change the industry. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, is it affecting my business? And that's that's the question that we pose our, to ourselves as if we're our own customers. In are we going to convert? more and more of the freight volume being digital. And so what we measure here at Parade is what percent of freight volume is going digital over time. And every single month we're tracking it with our customers. Is it 1%? Is it 5%? Some of our customers are at 35% of their freight going digital. What is it? Where are we in the life cycle of tracking that ROI and making sure that we have the tools to provide to the uh, the broker at the end of the day to also, hey, let's be accountable. You know, Parade said we're going to do these some things, uh, or any freight tech vendor said we're going to do some things. Are they actually delivering to what they stated that uh, they were helping uh, 
tell us that we will achieve in this new digital world. And uh, I think that's that's primarily number one. What can you deliver the ROI? And you know, if 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 so, how do you show that ROI? I think the other pieces that are you know, important to us and um, what I think other folks should look at are what solutions work with uh, your existing freight tech stack where there's so much technology out there these days. There's, uh, you know, all these great insurance tools. There's, your, of course, your TMS platform. There are these uh, rating benchmarks out there. And so how do you make the most of all these different tools and do uh, that does the freight tech partner that you're looking to partner with work well in this ecosystem of products as there's a lot of big problems in this industry and each every and a lot of bright minds across each one of these companies trying to solve it. How do they work together in bringing a even more full solution? How do we make one plus one equals three across these solutions? And so I think uh, when selecting a tech vendor, really being able to say, hey, how do I make the most of all my tools uh, is uh, going to be a, a key factor, not only now, but for years to come. Yeah, there's got to be a bit of a DNA match, I guess, between you and your partners, especially when you're when you're talking about tech and there's so many different solutions. Now, we're almost out of time, but how do you filter out bad partners, right? We're talking about good partners, but how do you make sure you don't bring those bad ones into the tent? That is a great question. I, uh, I, I don't know if I know the answer to that. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> as uh, as uh, I think... Yeah, I think that's talking with references, looking at case studies, and really being able to validate a lot of those initial claims that um, a technology partner might might provide. And so, I think I think at the end of the day, customers uh, we like to say here, customers will tell all. And you know, those those folks that are having a good experience, we hope that they would. The word of mouth really helps uh, travel when uh, a good product is delivering results. Yeah, sure. And I realize that's kind of an, uh, an amorphous question, right? It's really sort of sure. dependent on your own situation if something is or isn't a match and does and doesn't work. But if people want to start that journey and start getting their tech improved and, and create that ecosystem that you're talking about, where should I send them to? Uh, come visit us at pray.ai and uh, we'd love to chat on how we might be able to help find capacity help automate some bookings, and help grow business. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us today at the 3PL Summit. We appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Take Thanks, care. Anthony. Here, our next guest. He must be on the edge of his seat, though. Oh, yeah. Because oh. he's about to appear on What the Truck. Also, well, yeah, because Purdue is playing Yale on Friday in the NCAA tournament. They are. If I'm not mistaken, he is Greasy. a Boilermaker alumni. Let's talk to Dennis Cook, President and CEO at Transforce. Dennis, thanks for taking some time with us today. Hey guys, boiler up. <laughs> you, boiler up. You got up. a prediction for Friday's game, Purdue or Yale? Who's taking it? Uh, it's the boilers all the way. Come on now. <laughs> I would think so. You're not going to turn on the team oh, now. They, bro- they, bro- they, they broke my heart in the Big Ten Championship against Iowa. Yeah, they, they were just saving it for Yale, yeah. dude. They were, they were playing possum, playing possum, laying on their belly, looking weak, art of war style. They need to hold back. They Look, needed to hold back for that 14 seed. Hey, Dennis, before we jump into things, let's hit the button on the elevator. What's the, what's the pitch here on Transforce, just in case someone's not familiar? Yeah, so uh, we've been in business for over 30 years, and uh, we, we provide drivers to, uh, to carriers. And our solutions really come in uh, three overall buckets. Uh, the first is what we call our driver direct services. This is where if, if you want, if the motor carrier wants to hire the driver as, as their W-2 employee, uh, we can provide them with qualified leads, vetted leads, or as we call it, a ready-to-roll driver where we've actually got the DQ file all set to go. We But then the second bucket is where we're the W-2. Uh, the, the driver works for us, and we lease the driver for a, on a short-term basis or on a long-term dedicated basis. And finally... We provide entry-level drivers. We have CDL schools around the country and a partner network of CDL of over a hundred CDL schools, and so we have access to thirty thousand graduates uh, per year. So that's that's an overview of Transforce. Yeah. So um, I, I, I'm interested, sir, in, in Dennis, in, in talking about how you guys have adapted over the years. You know, things have, have changed a lot in logistics over the last yeah. couple, three. One thing that hasn't changed is the need and the shortage of drivers, except for the problem being exacerbated. How have you guys been adapting there at, at Transforce? 
Yeah, yeah, the way I frame it, Michael, is there's two areas that, that we have really focused on. One is creating supply. When you think about it, um, you know, we've got an aging workforce that's out there and we need more new drivers. And so we create supply with our CDL schools. And uh, as I mentioned, we've got 100 partner schools. We've got our owned and operated schools and we're on seven military bases around the country. And we've had a mm. lot of success with our troops to transportation program. Uh, just a, it's a win for everybody all the way around and just fantastic employees coming out of our military. So that that's one. Second is we've introduced uh, game-changing technology. We call it TF1. Uh, we launched it last year. We have over 20,000 drivers who've downloaded the TF1 app. You can go out and get it from any of the app stores. Uh, and we're, we're just launching uh, TF1 for carriers. And you can get that, um, be part of our beta program at transforce.com slash TF1. Again, transforce.com slash TF1. And uh, carriers are able to input their jobs there and get visibility to these 20,000 drivers. And we have a goal of, of several hundred thousand drivers over the coming years uh, on, on this um, platform that uh, our carriers can digitally access. So those are the two things. It's creating supply through our CEL schools and partner schools, and then game-changing technology where we're matching, we're taking drivers and their preferences, what they want, and carriers and their jobs and what they need, and matching them digitally. So what are you doing differently to, you know, because you mentioned 30 years, right? 30-year company. And sometimes some of those legacy players, they mm. can get stuck in old bad habits. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently you guys haven't because obviously you're still thriving and still in business and doing a wonderful job. So what are you doing differently now to address those market needs and, and, and allowing yourselves to grow with them as well? Yeah, really, like I said, it, it gets down to, for, for us, it's bringing technology into the game. It's, it's, such an inefficient process today, matching carriers and drivers. I mean, think about it. Your, your previous guest was talking about, you know, the brokerage space. A lot of technology has come into you know, matching shippers and carriers. There has not been as much technology brought to matching carriers and drivers. And so that's really what we're doing is, is making that more efficient by bringing that technology to the market and again, it's, you know, bringing new talent into the market. It's creating our own supply. Um, and that's just been an incredible success for us, especially with our with our military graduates. Yeah. So, uh, Dennis, the TF1 you mentioned you mentioned before, the technology TF1. Can you dig into that a little bit now and, and tell us how, how about that new and how it works, that new technology? Absolutely. So um, uh, let's start on the driver's side of the equation. You really got two sides of the market. You got drivers and you got carriers that, that we're matching. So let, let's start with the with the driver. So the driver goes out to uh, the app store, downloads the uh, TF1 app and puts in it uh, their qualifications. You know, what type of CDL license they have, what endorsements do they have? And then they put in their preferences. You know, what uh, what type of equipment do they prefer? What um What's their travel that they want, you know, over the road, uh, local, regional, um, and they put in pay, you know, what, what are all of the preferences that they have? And then, and then on the carrier side, they, they'll download the, um, uh, the TF1 for carriers and they'll put in the job, you know, what do they need in terms of the qualifications of the driver? What is it about the job, you know, describing the job? And, and then what happens is, that job that the carrier puts in is automatically pushed out to the drivers who meet the qualifications and, and the preferences match. So uh, a, a driver will see in their jobs queue, they will see the jobs that match their preferences and their qualifications. Mm -hmm. And they're able to then hit the interest button. And that immediately goes to the carrier where the carrier is then evaluating whether or not this driver is the right driver for their job. And again, that all happens digitally versus emails and sticky notes and you know phone calls, et cetera. It, it happens digitally now. So uh, we couldn't be more excited about it. Drivers, we're having tremendous engagement from drivers and we're just going out with the, with the carriers. Couldn't be more excited to, uh, to see how much efficiency this is gonna bring to the industry. 
Yeah, it sounds a bit like uh, like Tinder or something for for matching the two. Like a, a bit like a dating. <laughs> yeah, swipe, <laughs> swipe right or swipe left on, on who you like. Dooter, yeah. Dooter we, we, we've teased. We said we're the match.com of trucking. <laughs> yeah, E-Harmony. He's the farmers only of podcast hosts right next to me right here. That's it. Farmers <laughs> well, only. Well, let me ask you something, though. So you have all this unique data, right, of driver needs. So since you have your, like, you've been around for 30 years, how have you seen those change over the past 30 years? And, and have any of those trend lines been more pronounced recently? It, look, it's, um, you know, when you look at it, 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 drivers are looking for things that, looking for jobs that match their needs. It's, you know, it, it's as basic as wages and the, you know, the wages have been going up uh, looking for jobs that meet their needs. I, I would describe it this way. It's, it is a driver's market and, you know, they're, they're looking for jobs that meet their needs and their needs change. You know, they, they changed during the pandemic and uh, as they continue to evolve, what we're trying to do is to provide liquidity, if you will, of jobs so that our drivers have options. And, and similarly for the carriers, it's liquidity of drivers. It's, you know, how many drivers are out there that meet their, their needs. So that's been such an inefficient process to date. Uh, and that's all about to change with TF1. Now, you know, I like that he mentions that, too, because if you think about the technology before that was around for a driver, yeah. it, it's really frustrating. Like logistics in general is kind of a frustrating place to get matched with a job because of just how nuanced different things sure, are. And if you think sure. about trucking, you have local loops, you have LTL, you have OTR, you have different mileage that drivers want to go on. There's so much different preference that can feed into this that can actually make a lasting match. And that's really important sure. in an industry with 95 to 100 percent turnover every single year. Absolutely. Dude, I couldn't agree with I could not agree with you more. And you think about it, a lot of that turnover happens in the first 30 days. Yeah. And you say, well, why why would that be? Why, you know, everybody's focused, I think, on, you know, getting the satisfaction level of the driver up to where they're, you know, in the job more than 30 days. Then you got a higher probability of having more tenure with the driver. We think it gets down to the quality of the match. You know, is it the right job or are they just passing through? So if you can improve, you know, that match between the carrier and the driver, you're going to get more tenure from the driver. The driver's mm -hmm. satisfied with the job, the carrier's satisfied. But that matching process today is so inefficient and manual. So we think this is a game changer and will reduce the turnover in the industry. Yeah. Sounds cool to us, Dennis. Where do we send people to to uh, check out more of this and get a demo and, and maybe join and, and get the program? Yeah, so for the for the motor carriers out there, you know, go to transforce.com slash TF1 if you want to be part of our beta program for TF1 for carriers. And for the drivers out there, um, go out to any of the app stores and, and download it to your iPhone iPhone or Android, whatever, whatever you have. Uh, you can download the app and put in put in create your profile. Dennis, thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us on the 3PL Summit today. Thanks, guys, and go boilers. There you go. <laughs> go care. Boilers. Thanks, guys. And speaking of the NCAA tournament, yeah. we have two UC Berkeley grads here today, and unfortunately, neither of them are here to celebrate being in the NCAA tournament. It's Mustafa <laughs> Aziz. He's the founder and CEO over at Zoom. Mustafa, thanks for joining us today at the 3PL Summit. Oh, oh he's on mute. On, on, we there got you is. now. I love you the background. Me? I love the background. Where are you sitting right now? Uh, I can show you guys. This is where I live in the conference oh. room oh. in our office. Oh, let's give you guys a home little tour here. Oh, there you oh, go. I like, I like that table right there. Pool like table. So, a Zoom pool table. Yeah, that's our biggest uh, we've had so far. Our team is expanding 150 right now, and we're growing. The last time I spoke to you guys, we're a team of 30. It's about to go down. <laughs> Yeah, Mustafa, I thought yeah, it was just the muscles the that were growing since I last saw you, but apparently it's everything around oh, the, uh, the Zoom organization. Yeah, he's been consuming a lot of protein powder, I see. That is well, lovely. Oh, you can't see. You guys can't see below the camera. I'm getting wider than there, too. Uh oh! Oh wow! I love how excited no, you are too it, about keep... uh, about this new office location. <laughs> yeah, he's not. You're, you're killing it today. You, you, by the way, you look great today. I, I love the big smile you got on. And today we're going to talk a little bit about a topic that's right in your wheelhouse. Right? It's digitizing traditional freight brokers right and some of them out there. It seems like we talk about this all the time. But as you know, when your salespeople know, there's still a lot of companies who have not gone on this journey of discovery. And if they have, they might not have gone the wrong way. But why now is it as important as ever? Well, why now 
the technology's there, number one. It wasn't there like 10 years ago in terms of like apps and networks. And um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this concept about like omni-channel, but it's like I can pull up Facebook on my iPad, on my computer. The, the fact that technology is everywhere means that like now is the time. The second is all the logistics players right now have understood and more and more want, number one, they want automation. Number two, uh, they're focused on digitization and they're looking for marketplace products. And number three, the most important, the funding is there. Yeah, those are those are good. Those are good solid points. Let's talk about uh, right now, though. Is is it is all developed, like you said, right? It wasn't here ten years ago. It is now. The remote from work, uh, or the you know remote work trends, I should say, work from home trends. Does that pose specific challenges, or does it make it uh, make it easier for this type of technology, or or just causing more prol proliferation of it? Well, to be honest with you. I'm kind of, I'm 38, but I'm from the old school thought that mm -hmm. seeing people face to face is a good thing, but I know the world is changing and essentially uh, about 30% of our workforce, I would say 40% maybe is remote. And it was really difficult during COVID. And that's when our product actually was put to the test because a lot of people had to work from home mm -hmm. and because we had an ample amount of automation, which we talked to talk we actually ended up walking the walk over the last two years and we grew 3X both years. So that to me is a case study that I can present to other people and get them on the same type of super platform and technology. Um, the second thing is that our software, we have this thing called Zumanity and it, it's basically like an employee gamification. And what it does is for one, it incentivizes them to hit their workflows and hit their KPIs. Uh, we're working on the second part, which is measuring the employee's utility from week to week because there's a balance between trust and productivity when it comes to uh, stakeholders. You know, at our last month at our global supply chain conference, uh, you had a great quote here. I wrote it down, actually, and it said, we need interconnected technologies that build collaborations and partnerships. I got two part question. A, obviously, you probably still believe that because you almost you said that a month ago. But also, what do you think about the White House also creating this flow data exchange? Do you think that'll be good for the industry and for partners like you? Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. I'm not sure I know about the White House thing. Well, it, I, I think most of us don't. It's kind of vague, right? The White House said we're starting a data exchange. So they're looking, they're bringing in 18 different intermediaries at right now, and they're going to look at data to help be a, they call themselves the DOT, an honest broker to look at how it can unclog supply chains. So everyone's looking at tech all the way from the White House down. Um, but do you think that this could be a good initiative? And because and, a lot of what we're talking about here is communication, right? Yeah, communication oh, yeah. and yep. visibility about partnerships. Yeah, Give us some thoughts on transparency. that. Yeah, I think um, the sound strategy that's balanced and will kind of be like a yin and yang and become the victor when it comes to managing uh, stakeholders. Number one, um, the tech that you're offering to people has to have a robust um, offering that it reduces actually their OPEX costs and brings ROI and it's evident to them. Um, number two, your technology should be able to leverage data better. But I think the missing, like the whole, the thing that makes it the Holy Trinity um, is having a good integrations uh, partnership schedule, because a lot of people are not going to want to use your tool as unitary. Mm -hmm. And I think the fourth thing that's been helping us really scale is having our 20% um, of our tech people worked on customizations, because when logistics players get technology, they want to know why that technology is making them competitive against other people. So if you're offering the same thing for everybody with no customization based on their needs, it becomes a little bit more difficult to actually acquire them and um, grow them as a customer. That is, a, you know, that's a fantastic point because yeah. there's two, there's two things we talk about here that sort of operate against each other, and it's that perspective, right? So we always want collaboration, but there's also, I mean, we're in supply chain. There's also that perspective. Like, no, I want a competitive advantage. Yeah, competitive I don't advantage. want the same exact thing as everyone else. I need it this way because I think that's going to get me here. Are you seeing that demand become even more pronounced as companies get deeper into their tech journey? The larger the company the more they want the advantage. Um, so as a startup, you're trying to get the menos first and walk to the medium and get to large ones. Um, so we were lucky because of our network and we got large customers up front, which is difficult for a startup, but it's really pushed us to scale. But yes, I do see that need more and more. 
Um, but the thing that should be paramount as a business owner is what are you offering me? How does that bring me ROI that I can measure? And what is the cost of your system based on that ROI? And how fast can you implement it? Those are the four things that people should care about. Not whether like, you know, all these like political Kanye West kind of conflicts that you post on the media. Just focus on the ROI and the data. (laughs) Let's Mark, I watched the documentary. I'm really juiced on Kanye West right now. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, I like the fit you got going on. I'm not sure what Kanye would say <laughs> I don't know about what it, he's but. going on with that. I think you got the winner. But so, Mustafa, yeah. listen, even in your background, you I can... I found the black mask for you guys. Oh, <laughs> we would have loved it. <laughs> even in your background, you can... Uh, if you look in your, into your background, we know that you're, you're no stranger to uh, geo, geopolitical events and world news and everything that's going mm-hmm. on. And right now, you've got all this... Uh, political upheaval, uh, geopolitical uncertainties, and changing alliances around the world and supply chains, et cetera. Talk about the importance of tech and how it can help you navigate through some of those those uh, murky waters, as we say right now. Yeah, so essentially, if you look at the state of the world, everybody's like on edge in the last two years, um, whether it's fuel prices, pandemic, uh, social media, et cetera. So essentially with like just today, uh, before I got on this call, I was really worried about like six or seven dollars at the pump for diesel. Um, And I think what's really important in this world is to make sure that we focus on number one, collaboration and integrations, because the more we can focus on that, then the more you can illuminate um, the dark data that you need to make those decisions in this kind of environment. But also, on the other hand, we should be appreciative that we have all this stuff happening in our industry because it's pushing us for the better. And honestly, I can't look back in the last 5,000 years of civilization and seeing that if an industry collaborated together, they did not succeed. They're always going to succeed. Truer words have not been spoken on this show today. So Mustafa, I think we should leave them on that. Where do people go to reach out to you to talk about the Kanye West documentary or perhaps use Zoom services? Yep, Zoom app.com start the journey there uh my name is mustafa uh you can connect with me with linkedin and i just wanted to say i really appreciate what you guys are doing for our industry hey we you have to send us in for an office invasion sometime so we can uh we can mess around on your pool table mustafa let's do it let's do it (laughs) all right man hey take it easy thanks for joining us at the 3pl summit we appreciate your time be good and be safe out there my friend all right guys freight life balance (laughs) i love it freight life peace and love mustafa peace and love by the way Speaking of, it's, you know, we just said Dwayne Miller. It's been a tough week. One of my childhood yeah. heroes died just the other day, too. Scott Hall. Scott Hall, NWO for life, everybody. Oh, yeah. For life. It broke his hip. 63, broke his hip. Had a couple of heart attacks afterwards. And, Ooh, yeah, that yeah. can happen. Anyways, coming up next, I don't mean to put it in a dour mood. I'm sorry, everybody. All right, let's let's bring things up a bit of, a little bit here. It's Hallie Evans. She's the SVP of Broker Services at Triumph Pay. And you know what? We should ask her how far she thinks the University of Texas at Austin is going to go in this NCAA oh, tournament. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 wait. Oh, wait. Man, well, you can ask her, but That's I don't so know. Right. Hey, Ellie, how you doing? How, thanks for joining us <laughs> on the show today. Um, I think they're going to go all the way, first of all. But, uh, <laughs> no, he's right. I don't really know. I don't really know. <laughs> well, Ellie, you've been on a few times, but in case there's some new viewers turning, tuning in, and we always hope that there are, a little elevator pitch on Triumph pages to set the table here. Absolutely. So Triumph Pay is developing the payments network for trucking. So we're putting together, um, or we have put together a payments network for brokers, carriers, factors, and shippers to automate payment processing, improve the carrier experience, and um, help brokers become more efficient. So that's my elevator speech. Um, But before we jump into any other questions you guys have, can I make a recommendation for the show? Sure. Um, Maybe. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> maybe okay, you can. Well, it doesn't mean we'll listen but you yeah can. yeah <laughs> that's true we may there not we ignore you okay you need like a button for the person waiting to come on next like request to join segment because all the stuff mustafa was talking about was first of all so interesting um and then just like the collaboration he was talking about the integration when he was yeah. talking about the integration partners in this industry um, all of those things are exactly what we're focused on at Drive. Well, hey, hey yeah, I will yeah. I will tell you a little trick. So 
little little inside baseball, a little behind the scenes. We can see the next person in the guest room. So next time, just hold up like a piece of paper that says, please bring me okay. up. And, yeah. and we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can communicate with us that we way. We won't be able to hear you, but we sure can see you. You can also like troll us okay. and try yeah. and distract us like Prasad's trying to do right now. Yeah, we can see Prasad right now and he's saying, no, 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 don't don't bring me it in. It looks fantastic. No. All right, so a lot of challenges going on. A lot of people, <laughs> we're talking about tech, a lot of people trying to revamp their systems. We're talking in the context of payments now. What are some of the challenges there? Yeah, challenges specifically for brokers right now is that capacity, right? Everybody that we're talking with is are trying to serve their shippers really well and great is great is growing like crazy. So trying to find the carriers who can um, who can take those loads with the price is right, especially with fuel increasing. You have all of these um, outside forces pushing on your business, um, lack of capacity, increase in um increase in, uh, sorry, um, fuel charges um, that are making it like challenging to get your freight where you need it to go. So what we're really focused on is how can we automate a lot of what the broker does in terms of auditing invoices and payment processing, what we've traditionally called the back office. Um, how can we help brokers connect to a network where all that information is shared they're able to automate that invoice processing and really focus on great shipper experience and a great carrier experience in moving freight. Yeah. So what are some of the things that, uh, you know, the, the freight brokers right now can do to help grow their workforces? How grow their workforces. Um, yeah. I mean, labor market is super tight. That's another area that we're trying to, to work with. So I don't know if growing their workforce, especially in some of these non-revenue generating um, activities is really what brokers want to be focused on right now, especially a lot of brokers that we've talked with are really focused on scaling. So instead of like growing my workforce, how do I use the awesome people I have and that all the talent that I have to make myself as efficient as possible? So how do I get people from processing invoices or comparing paperwork to what they have in their computer to actually more of these value add services that a broker can provide. So I would encourage brokers not to focus on like on growing their um, growing their workforce because that's really hard right now um, to find people who want to do kind of this manual tedious work. But what are some technology tools and resources to make your workforce more efficient? Mm. Well, an answer. Yeah, and you know what? Cash flow issues, especially especially these past couple of weeks, I I have to imagine a lot of carriers out there are getting a little bit nervous because sure. you have rapidly increasing fuel costs. Well, at the same time, uh, shippers are seeing that they're not moving as much freight, so rates are going down at the same time as fuel costs is going yeah. up. And I get a trucker saying, "Well, I'm not going to move my truck until the rates are there," and you have the shippers saying, "Well, we're not going to move our freight until the until the market goes down." Cash flow has been tough, but how tough do you think it's going to get this year? Do you think that we're we're near the top of this or who can even tell anymore, right? Who knows what the simulation is going to throw at us next? I mean, it's crazy, right? Like diesel just hit a new all-time record today. So, I mean, I don't know if we're at the top. Fuel seems to be increasing um, exponentially. And so I think it is going to be challenging for, for carriers to be incentivized to get on the road. Um, so one of the things that Triumph Pay does help with is that cash flow, where if a carrier needs to, wants to be paid, um, wants to be paid on day one, then we are, are, we offer a quick pay on behalf of our brokers to help them um, if they need to pay for fuel or if they need to pay for insurance or something like that. And you know what we've even seen is like not that people are using either quick pay or factoring when they're in a cash crunch, but they're really taking a look at like supply chain financing, not as a lender of last resort anymore, but what's the most efficient use of their capital. Um, so if a carrier you know what does want to continue being run to run and the rates make sense for them, um, they may take a quick pay now to continue to run their trucks. But I don't know, fuel is really putting a lot of pressure on carriers, brokers, and shippers. So Haley, all of that makes complete sense, right? From the more efficient back office and re, re, really redeploying your workforce to be yeah. in those more value add than those uh, uh, administrative type of things and use of your capital, right? Freeing up capital and, and as a country, that, that helps quite a bit as well. What are some of the challenges that the, today's brokers face and, and should be looking for when they try and do this and try and make these improvements and embrace this tech? Yeah, I think Mustafa, like he, he answered one of these questions earlier, right? Like brokers really need to focus on what's going to be a differentiator for them and what's going to, like I said, help them like 
garner a better carrier experience um, versus what is the bandwidth that they have to tackle. There's a lot of technology out there right now, and a lot of it's great. It's amazing. Um, since I've entered the industry a couple of years ago, I've only seen more tech providers um, enter. And so brokers just really need to be specific about what their strategy is and what their goals are. Um, and then what's the best use of their time and their money in, in order to, to do what they um, in order to serve their carriers and their shippers well. So, I mean, that's really high level, um, but I think that's where brokers need to start. And then also when you're looking at a tech provider, back again to one thing that Mustafa covered is, it's your provider who you're looking at, are they integrated with all these other resources? Or are you using bits and pieces of a system that don't talk to each other? Um, we have an integration partner schedule, just like Mustafa said, to collaborate across the industry. And that's not just for us. That's for our brokers. That's so that we're help that we're able to help them make their businesses more efficient, not just with using Triumph Pay, but with using other partners as well. Well, I mean, how much more incentive do you need, and how much more of a moment do you need to not understand that, like, this is the per a tight labor market? You're talking about tight labor market. No better time to even just attack some of those fundamental things, like having to verify invoices that come in through email, all these sort of simple processes that, that should be outsourced or could be outsourced, but instead, because you haven't, you have to hire someone in that seat and you have to hire another person and you're doing it where labor's up like 17% and you never, and the people you even have, you don't know if they're going to be here tomorrow because we're all stealing each other's talent, you know? You don't know if, you're gonna, if that invoice reader's going to show up because someone else might offer them a big deal. Uh, so how much can tech help in that regard too, just with some of those fundamental processes? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the Triumph Pay Payments Network, with what we've built, it's really exciting because what we're looking to do is like when you walk into a CVS and you pay something with your credit card, you leave with that good and service. Um, and then your credit card pays CVS. And then all of that transactions, all those different transactions between all the parties happens in the background. That's what we're putting together between brokers, carriers, factors, and shippers. So imagine if you're a broker rather than you know reading off this invoice, you have the source of truth directly from the carrier. The invoice is already doc typed. The exception is already shown to you. It's not you identifying the exception. And then if everything in that invoice is good, like it compares correctly to your contract, it's indexed to your carrier, um, it has a load number on it, that invoice just processes automatically through. No person even needs to look at it. And so what we have right now is that's happening between brokers and factors today, where a lot of brokers are seeing some of their invoices be automatically processed. And we'll continue to iterate on that with, with shippers and with um, carriers. Wow. Well, hey, sure, words have not been spoken, except maybe by Mustafa. He had some good words, too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> As you are, we had some, pretty, some good ones. Equally on true words. But, and they're all covering different areas, too. Yeah. Ellie, people who need some help with this payment, they, they, they like what we said today. They like what you had to say. Where do we send them to? Absolutely. Um, send them to triumphpay.com or send them to me. I'm Haley Evans, H. Evans at Triumphpay. And I'm also found on LinkedIn. Would love to connect with you. We will also be at the TIA conference. Um, we'll have a booth. So stop by, see a demo, say hi. We'd love to chat with you. Thank you, Excellent Haley. stuff. Thank you, Haley. Take care. Hey, speaking of like hearing things better. There's a prize. If you register for this thing, if you go to live.freightwaves.com, oh, right. you can wear, I, like, I, I don't, I can't afford those things. The AirPod no, Maxes, no, I, I am actually trying to, I'm trying to get myself some AirPods Pros, but we're jumping you all the way up to the max. You'll be walking to just protect your ears. You know, I might need some self-defense. Yeah, well, People yeah, are gonna be I like coming those, for those man. Things. You, you, if you, you wear those. Well, go to live.freightwaves.com. You can register. You can win those things. They'll be drawing that in a few short hours here, not on this show. Kaylee and uh, Kevin will do that for you. By the way, I know you brought your yardstick in today because you wanted to see uh, Prasad's quarantine hair, how long it had gotten, but yeah, I, I had him on Freight Waves yeah. Insiders a couple weeks ago, and I'll warn you, he has gotten a haircut. <laughs> looks like he's got a fresh crop going on He's got on a fresh here. crop. Prasad Gladly, CEO at Trucker Tools, is here with us now. Prasad, looking awesome as always. Hey, thanks. Um, thanks, Dooner. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I can't believe you guys are talking about it. There are a few customers who joke about my uh, quarantine hair. Um, I loved it. We uh, loved it. We had been talked about on this show. It's part of the storyline, Prasad. Yeah. I, you know, speaking of storylines, I was looking online and I saw that you were targeting a key employee on LinkedIn. And, I, and I'm really curious, were you able to give Tommy Callahan a job and did he accept the offer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's the guy I want to hire. That's the guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the firearms are useless against the bees. That. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, for some, like, yeah, every... you know... go, go for it, brother. Go ahead, sorry. Well, I was no, gonna no, say, no, that's a... yeah. everybody knows who trucker tools are, but maybe for the one person in the room in the back, I see you Come over there on. who does not. Ooh. Quick elevator pitch. Let's hit the button. Ding. Uh, so, uh, Trucker Tools is a uh, software platform, we call it a carrier relationship management platform that helps um, brokers connect with their carriers, primarily the long tail of carriers, owner operators, um, small carriers, and basically build and grow that network for um, efficiencies, primarily for um, visibility, freight visibility, and uh, digital freight match. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. How do these relationship management softwares help the truckers, right? And what are the like the three or four primary uh, uh, benefits to these platforms? This is a you know a, when you think about carrier relationship management platforms, they are uh, live, you know they level the field for long tail of carriers primarily. Uh, because when when you think about large carriers, they have the intel on putting the right load in front of the right truck. That's how they're efficient. Their trucks are very efficient. Whereas the small carriers don't have any intel. They're basically hunting every single day. And that's what makes them oftentimes very ineffective and you know so on and so forth. While that group has been super duper important for uh, all of us to survive, you know, that's the segment that's not very efficient. So carrier relationship management platforms, what they do is they'll set the level field for these guys. That's one thing. The second thing is they also change the nature of the business between a broker and a small carrier from being transactional, meaning I find a load with you today and I go to Duna tomorrow to find another load and so on and so forth. I'm knocking on doors every day. I'm finding a new broker every day, right? Versus staying with the same broker that's relationship-based. Uh, from transactional to relationship, that has a huge impact in our industry because, um, you know, this is not the first time I'm being here. So we, you know, we already have a rapport, right? So we talk about certain things. Um, you know, the same thing between a broker and a carrier, if they know each other, then the market swings this way or that way. We're talking about fuel prices being very high. Um, so a broker can actually help the carrier to, and say, hey, let me see if I can talk to my shipper and get you a, a little bit higher on uh, fuel surcharge. And that extra mile they'll go because they know that that carrier, when the capacity was tight, stood by the truck. Right? So relationships make a huge difference for all of us. Now, you bring up a good point, too. Yeah, we have a rapport. We have the context of, of the past of when we've spoken to each other. We also have to keep that in mind for the audience, too, so we don't we don't forget that we have, you know, we, we got to act like this yeah, is a new conversation absolutely. a little bit for them. But let's talk about the truckers. How do you convince them to, to join the apps? You've convinced us because we've talked before, but how about the drivers? So the drivers, um, you know, it, it, they have to lead, right? Um, you know, one of the things that I, I didn't say in, in my elevator pitch is, the whole platform, Trucker Tools platform, is built around our mobile app, Trucker Tools app, um, which is an all-in-one app that helps drivers find the cheapest fuel. We're talking about fuel all the time now. Um, truck stops, way scales, whatever they need on the road, it provides that. And that all-in-one app drives driver adoption, um, especially the small carrier adoption, because for small carriers, owner operators, their app is their TMS, their smart assistant. Um, and what we have done at Trucker Tools is, um, you know, last time doing it on, on your radio show, I, I shared this with you. We let drivers, small carrier uh, truckers, tell us exactly what they want to see on our app and build that. Uh, that has been the, the path so far for us. And that has helped us build that, you know, over 1.6 million truckers on our app today. Yeah, so Prasad, is that one of the one of the ingredients to the secret sauce to overcoming uh, uh, app fatigue? There's so many different apps that are out there for drivers. Is that is that the secret sauce? That is the, that is truly the thing because you know if I have to use one app to find loads, one app to track loads, one app to find cheapest fuel, I'm just again becoming a transactional guy, and I I've just basically moved my inefficiencies from computer to my cell phone. Um, so all in one app can really help because, so think about it this way, you know, when, let's say I'm, I'm a trucker, I'm tracking a load for one of the brokers. So the app can, I already knows I'm going from point A to point B and can tell me 
Prasad, you have, uh, you know, 20 gallons of fuel in your truck, you know, instead of fueling here, go another, you know, uh, 20 miles, 30 miles and fuel here, um, you have better price there. So that makes a big difference. Sometimes the, the savings they could have is like 15, 20 bucks, or maybe, you know, in times like this, it could be 50 bucks on a trip. That's a huge difference for these guys. You know, Prasad, say when people hear trucking app, and, and tell me if you have to sometimes fight against this misconception, and, and you can inform the audience here. I think when they hear trucker app, sometimes they think, oh, is, is it a load board? Is it a digital freight brokerage? How does this type of tool differ from those two things? So, uh, you know, we, we've, we talk about a lot about load boards, right? Load boards have done a marvelous job, and um, for 40 years, they brought us to this point, right? But if you look at a lot of problems that are within our industry, they stem from the thought of post and prey mindset that publicly comes from load boards. Now we're moving away from load boards to digital freight matching. And I've heard a lot of companies that say digital freight matching, that's a probably most abused word in our industry now. Um, the, the true nature of a digital freight matching should be putting the right load in front of the right truck. In a fraction of a second, when a trucker looks at that load, he should not go to the next load because that load is super duper, the efficient load, whether it's reducing the deadhead miles, optimizing his truck uses, putting him into a new market where he can find another better reload. You know, it comes from this broker that he works with very well, knows he's going to get paid very soon. Um, the, all the factors and the shipper locations are super duper good where he doesn't have to wait that long. You know, all, you know, that's called intelligence. And, uh, honestly, today you know, I can say I can speak for trucker tools, but I haven't seen anyone who truly uses these intelligent items to really create that uh, um, you know artificially intelligent platform or a smart platform. Prasad, before we let you go, we'd be remiss not to ask you this, and I'm sure some brokers are curious because if they want to get in, this, how does yeah. it make them stickier? How does it help them, Prasad? So for brokers, um, you know, the post and trade is absolutely you know kissing death. In, in this world, uh, in this day. So a relationship-based platform where they can reuse the carrier multiple times during that month helps them lower their cost of finding a new carrier um, and builds that reliability. Because when you look at a broker market, they go to big shippers and say, hey, we can aggregate 10,000, 20,000 small carriers and act as one big carrier. And they can only say that as long as these carriers stick with them. And so that's how do they create that? You know, build a relationship platform, right? The second thing is um, help these small carriers be more efficient and grow. And the only way they can do that is if they really put the right truck, the right load in front of the right truck. Um, and that's what everything boils down to. Wow. Very good, Prasad. So people who want to work with you and work with Trucker Tools, where do we send them to? Um, very simple, uh, sales at truckertools.com or marketing at truckertools.com or uh, on our website, uh, if they reach out to um, support at truckertools.com, uh, our team will be more than happy to, to help out uh, anyone. Um, if we can't help you, we'll tell you, um, hey, here is another company you can work with. Um, but our goal is to, to truly help uh, brokers and carriers. Well, thank you so much, Prasad. Keep being, uh, keep being the salt of the earth, my yeah, friend. Yeah, let, uh, let that hair grow, man. Let the I hair grow it. back? You want it back? <laughs> <laughs> we'll Next time, maybe, uh, you know, um, in May when we see you in person. I want to see, I wanna uh, see of a Of course, party. yes. Hey, stop by the office anytime. Stop by the office. We got an extra yeah. seat right here. We really do. We have yeah, an extra seat. Right well, we have one right here. People want to stop by, but you have to, right here. You have to have a ponytail right here in before you can get in there. <laughs> well, thank you, Prasad. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, thank sir. You guys. Take care. Hey, speaking of another guest who's on the edge of their seat, Davidson, Michigan State, coming up oh, Friday, yeah. big yeah. tournament. Yeah, Nine, an alumni from one of those schools. Here's Ron Richardson, Chief Revenue Officer over at Turvo. You excited for Friday, or are you more excited to be here today, Ron? Uh, both, both. I'm so excited to see my Spartans in action. Tom Izzo, best coach ever in uh, college uh, basketball, so really excited. Go Spartans. Yeah. <laughs> Go Sparty. Go Sparty. Yeah, Sparty. You got the, well, right? the Ohio State guy right here, so there All might right. be a little uh, animosity. <laughs> 
But we'll put that, you know, you, but, so I was looking at this, this topic that they sent. It was coordinated chaos on TMS 2.0. And um, I hadn't really thought of TMS as, as like generational, almost like video game systems or something. Iterations, right? Can you talk, let's set the table on this. What is like TMS 1.0? What is the older generation of TMS? Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously TMS has been in the market for a while and it's all about some core functionality plan, execute, settle, audit, right? Those are the, the kind of commonplace capabilities that, that companies look for. What we've done at Turbo, though, is we really kind of spun that on its head a bit and said, how do we come to the market and offer something truly innovative and that's in line with what companies want here in 2022? And if you pay attention to all the news in the market, in fact, if you pay attention to the big announcement that Pete uh, Buttigieg made the other day around uh, this flow initiative through the Department of Transportation. It's all about digital disconnection. If you look at the problems in our industry today, it's all about digital disconnection. And what I mean by that is shippers do things manually and they're not communicating digitally with carriers or 3PLs. The connections to the uh, ports aren't there in a digital way. So it's really about helping companies achieve digital connection and faster response time to help this whole supply chain program. So Turbo's come to market with a very elegant, modern, freshly coded TMS solution. And we've paired that with a, a, a collaboration capability that's unlike anything else in the industry. So we're really excited to see the government now leaning into this concept of digital collaboration. And, um, you know, Turbo's got a really unique skill set to help companies uh, get digitally connected. Yeah, so Ron, excellent explanation. And so let's talk about Turbo's TMS 2.0, coordinating the chaos, right, and connecting. How exactly does it connect all those disparate uh, digital, uh, I guess, verticals? Yeah, if you look at some of the legacy TMS solutions on the market that have been you know, it's a line of code that's been in existence for 20 years. And you go to a broker or you go to a 3PL and say, show me how you cover a load. The, the amount of clicks, just screen to screen to screen to screen, 50 or more clicks, they have to toggle to different systems in order to get to carrier qualification or tracking or bidding. It's very cumbersome to do the work. So Turbo in a 2.0 TMS world says, hey, how do we use a freshly coded solution, minimize the clicks, incorporate data bi-directionally from these other systems, and let companies truly exist in one system? That's what it's all about. It's all about speed these days, and it's all about attracting young talent that want to you know, work in fresh and modern tools. Well, yeah, you know, when you think about old-fashioned TMS, and the more I think about it, and some of the ones that I've used, they're they're a lot like older CRMs, right? They're really big and clunky, like uh, even like something like Salesforce. Like you need you need like devs on staff to help you with some of these things, and it's not user friendly. And that's why adoption and and you know you can get people to buy the thing, but can you get them to keep using it? And if it's frustrating, if it's a frustrating product to use, that's not going to happen. But it's, it, TMS 2.0 gets more complicated and has all these other inputs. How do you balance it so it's still user friendly? Yeah, it's, it's really all about building out the key capabilities for repetitive work, right, in the system, making sure it's very simple and just minimize, minimize the clicks. The other key component, I think, to all this is being able to digitally collaborate with other people in the value chain, other companies in the value chain. So little work gets done in your organization these days. It's all about connecting to external entities. And when you look at our TMS solution coupled with this collaboration play in, in uh, offering there, it's about letting companies access data, do it in a secure, reliable way, and most importantly, in real time. So it's build, you know, tearing down those barriers that companies see these days. So, Ron, um, I've been telling our IT people to get rid of my AS400 for years and years, but we still have it. And so how hard is it going to be for me to integrate with, with Turbo and get my stuff up and going and, and manage all this chaos? Yeah, it, it's super quick, right? So companies who implement Turbo usually can go live within 30 days or less. 
right? That's how quickly we're able to do this. And the reason we're, we're able to do it, it's highly repeatable. It's a SaaS only model. We don't offer an on-premise solution. And uh, we've got very specific ways to ingest data, get companies trained and get them live and in production. So it's very quick to be able to do something like this. I think the key is getting your organization around aligned around change, right? Are you ready mm-hmm. for change? Are you ready to have a modern solution that allows you to take advantage of all this new technology that's come to market? I mean, you guys see it all the time, right? There's a, there's a new uh, startup in transportation and logistics every day. Some of it's great, some of it's not, but the great stuff, you want to be able to connect that almost immediately and take advantage of it because it's becoming the competitive differentiator. Yeah, well, we hear about like these stealth startups in, in freight tech all the time. Then it's like, okay, they come out. And it's like another DFB or something, and you're like, oh, I mean, okay, nice. That's that's nice. Let's let's see where that let's see where that goes. That's cool. But you know, customers tell the real truth, right? So I know you've worked with like Port City Logistics, for example. How have you benefited working with them, or and how how have they benefited from working with you? Oh, it's phenomenal. Uh, Port City Logistics has been absolutely incredible. And you think about again the you know this government uh, the uh, DOT announcement the other day. The Port of Savannah is is a huge port. You know, Port City Logistics is the largest provider of dray services there. So being able to be part of the solution here is, is really phenomenal. We at Turbo, uh, you know, we don't go develop product in an ivory, ivory tower. We're constantly collaborating with our customers and looking to add new capabilities in in a very quick iterative process. I always tell companies this, right? If, if you're stuck in one of those legacy TMS solutions, you kind of have cement shoes on, right? And what I mean by that is you want to move, you want to move quickly, you want to take advantage of all these new technologies, but you got to go through an upgrade. You got to do all these things that are very challenging to do. And uh, you don't have that friction with Turbo. It's easy to turn on, easy to get the value, and e- you're always current because it's a SaaS platform. You know, I think it's interesting, too, because uh, I, I believe at the start of this, you mentioned flow, right? The, the data sharing government, yes, government yeah. thing. So you, sure sound, you actually sound pretty excited about this, this initiative. Some of the participants have, um, there's been debate over if more <laughs> should be in. I know that they're going to let more in, too. This is just like the start of the pilot. But in general, does this government DOT honest broker thing have you excited? Uh, it was music to our ears to hear uh, the DOT get behind this. You know, we've had our nose to the grindstone on digital collaboration and and modernizing and digitally connecting for six, seven years since we've been a company, right? So uh, having the federal government get behind this and see that this is really a key fix that needs to happen in the industry, which is this digital disconnection that exists today, music to our ears. We're right in the sweet spot of helping to, to solve companies in a big way. Well, hey, Ron, good. Hey, we're, we're good luck. I don't know if he's pulling for Sparty. I'll pull for Sparty for I'll you for on Sparty. Friday. Always. I got a lot. To, I got to pull for Chattanooga, too. I got a lot oh, yeah. to pull for. So Anyways, but people hey, in the meantime. My wife is the Buckeye, right? So uh, I'm, I'm married <laughs> to the Buckeye. Hey, hey, hey you got the right colors, man. The green and white we can deal with. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's solid ones, too. And St. Patrick's Day is coming up, too. That's right. Right? Manana. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Aaron, go bra. So when people want to learn more about Turvo, where should we send them to? Yeah, come to our website, turbo.com. Uh, you can learn all about us. Uh, there's a contact button there. We, we're at all the trade shows. We're going to be at TIA uh, coming up. I'll be there personally. Reach out to me. We'd love to meet with you. We'd love to talk to you about you know, upgrading your TMS and really taking advantage of digital collaboration here in 2022. It's exciting times in our industry. Well, thank That's you. Awesome. I'll close you out with a little cowbell for you, sir. Take care and have a great right. afternoon. Michael, Vincent, so, please, Ron. So interesting. So early returns on this. I, I've heard yeah. some people talk about it online. There's been a lot of people have kind of questioned that that C.H. Robinson thing. A lot of the response I had to a post that if I it was going to be the only one I'd be pretty upset about. Well, I mean, starting a group, starting a flow group. Great. Starting, starting a data group is great. That's one thing. Getting it with meaningful data is another. And sure. that, that's a challenge we'll, yeah. we'll have to face. And we'll have to see how willing these participants who they and maybe they, that's why they were selected, <clears> because they were more willing to share data. As one of our guests talked about earlier, one of the biggest challenges is that these companies want competitive advantage, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, exactly. I mean, and the me-toos of the world are the ones that are scared of collaboration. Yeah. The non-innovators, the ones that, yeah, I do this as well, not I'm innovating. 
Or right? some of the ones at the top. What happens is you, you, you get protective <clears throat> of your mountain. And, and sure. why bring anyone else up to the kingdom? Sure. If I, if I let everybody else in the kingdom, I'm going to have to remain competitive and nimble. That's my concern, though, with only putting big Sh- players in well, there. That's I, my I, biggest I, concern with the 18 they selected. Totally agree with you. I think that equal the concern is there's no intermodal in there and there's no oh, aircraft trucker. I mean, I and understand. I understand it's a data thing, so I can why bring no Ida in there. Why is no Ida in there with CHR? Maybe. because Well, probably because they don't have the data. But but I, some I, way you've got to figure out a way to involve these other, like rail and air and these other intermediate. You're going to share this data eventually. How about the people you're going to share it with? Well, and it's early on. And yeah, it's early it's, on. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I like, I like his optimism. I like Deron's optimism. I hope it goes somewhere well. I always get a little too. nervous with the government getting involved, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Always well, we want to thank our sponsors and all of you for tuning in. There's more 3PL Summit to come, but our sponsors say Universal. We had Zoom, Regional, Transfix, Turbo, Outreach, Truckstout.com. You saw some great demos today from Transforce, Parade, Trucker Tools, Overhaul, Uber Freight, uh, and yet... Conte Cargo Cargo Chief, that big prize is the AirPods Max, right? Go to live.freightways.com, register, you're going to win them fat beats for your headspace. They can fit your head. Do you think those can fit your head? No, not a chance. I stick with that. You don't have to worry about the band. I got a big head myself. My nickname was Shoebox Head. Hey, stay tuned. Who's coming up next? I think it's Kaylee Nix, is it not? No, it's Mary O'Connell and Lindsay Graves. They're talking about women in logistics. And after that, a live interview with Kaylee Nix talking to truckstout.com. That's where I saw her. Right over to my left, I saw her as well. Great shot. Maybe a good idea for a meme today, by the way. Put it out there. I'll tell you about it later. I like it. Stay tuned, everybody. I had a nickname. More 3PL stuff to come. Peace and love.